Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Wake up, Mid-Missouri, 93.9, the Eagle, 950 KWS. I'm John Marsh. Steph's off today, but a cast of thousands. Producer Hannah always in there with us. We don't know what we would do without you. <laughs> you probably wouldn't be on the air, John, but it's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Brian Houseworth as well is in with us. Hey, our buddy from the National Federation of Independent Business, Missouri Chapters, Brad Jones back in with us this morning. Brad, good morning. Good morning, JM. What's up? Good, good. Good to see you. We're going to have uh, kind of an interesting show this morning. We put out the invitation to Senator Mike Burns Ketter to show up a little after 7 o'clock. Lawmakers back in a little less than a month. Uh, bill filing just a couple of weeks away. And uh, bill filing is Friday. Friday. That be December. Yeah, that be December one. December one. Yeah. Man, new record for uh, fact checking. Yeah. On Wake Up in Missouri, six oh eight. Our best fact check about bill filing the other day was when we had Governor Mike Parson on with us, and the governor was very uh, upfront and said he didn't think with this election year much anything's going to happen over there, Mister Mister Capital Lobbyist. Well, uh, I think he's right. <laughs> I mean, I can sugarcoat it and say, oh, I'm sure they're all going to get together and everything's going to be hunky-dory. I don't think it is. I think, I, I think they'll be. I hope they pass, pass the budget. You know, the Constitution says they've got to pass a, a, a balanced budget. That's one thing they actually have to do. So we'll see if that gets done. Brad, you don't have to worry about sugarcoating things for the Wake Up in Missouri family. We this can take it. This is true. It. We this can take is it. true, Miss Hannah. That's true. Hey, we were talking about <laughs> The more you. bitter, the more better. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you have hard-hitting uh, journalism like uh, the naked guy at uh, Disney World the other night. I enjoyed oh, man. That was one of my favorites, Hannah. I enjoyed that very much. You know, there's a list of places that you probably shouldn't go streaking and uh, I think Disneyland is probably pretty close to the top of the list. Well, I don't know. It's Florida and it's warm at least. Yeah. No, this is California. Well, it if, stays I don't pretty know if warm, that changes your mind. Yeah, Disneyland. I yeah, went there much as a kid, but it's pretty warm there too. So, Hannah, the, you're going to love this story. And I haven't told this. I don't think I've ever told this story on the air, but this is great. When I was in school, there was up at Mizzou, there was Economics 101. It was a flunk out course. It was hard. There was a guy, there was a legend up there called Walter Johnson. Uh, they even named something after him. It was a great lecture. And he did Econ 101. And the only issue I had with Walter is his, his tests had nothing to do with whatever he talked about. <laughs> But it was in Middle Bush Hall, and there was a... Oh, man, in, way out there. Yeah, well, there was an entrance and an exit on both sides of the of the, the, the hall there. And this was at the time of streaking. And this guy <laughs> comes in one door and streaks in front of Walter Johnson and out the other door. Now, when and, you say the time of streaking, well, was there the ever late. an appropriate time? <laughs> I didn't say appropriate. It wasn't appropriate then, but they just did but it a was lot very more of popular. It. Yeah, they just did more of it. Gotcha. And so this guy bucks down and and, and runs in front of uh, Professor Johnson, who stands there. And That's all ironic. The, and all the kids. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, very good, John. Uh, so he stands up there, and the kids are going crazy. And he looks down, and he said. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there's another example of microeconomics. Oh. 
Man. <laughs> and, and and his legend continued. So anyway, I was thinking about that the other day when you were talking about You know what the perfect the segue it's with a you small right? world. Yeah, the perfect segue is Small Business Saturday. Boy, that was a good one, John. Is that a perfect segue? It's <laughs> about as perfect as we're going to get. <laughs> How was your weekend, by the way? Overall, I mean, we had Small Business Saturday. We had football. We had the, uh, had the Tigers. Tigers, tigers had, put it on the hogs. Tigers had a pig roast down there, didn't they? Ooh, that was fun ooh, to pig watch. Pig suey. Yeah, I was disappointed our, our local high school guys didn't yeah. uh, get to go play in, in Columbia. That would have been great. But uh, congratulations to the Jays for having a good year. And, uh, of course, the, our, our, our folks uh, in the green, they, they've been kicking it for many years now. Oh, so Blair Oaks and Wardsville. Yep. Yeah, so, um, but it was good. And then, uh, and then it was fun to watch the Chiefs get back to being the Chiefs. That was... That was a good good game too. Mm. I mean, the second <laughs> half looked like Chiefs yeah. of old. I mean, we had uh, lots of offense, and it was we put it on them pretty good in the oh, second half. Yep, got to see. Now our speculation is: well, you and I were even speculating off air, not to leave anybody out of the loop. What bowl game are our Tigers going to go to? You know what? Uh, that's one of the great uh, the, the great games outside of the game this time of year is speculation. So. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We make we could go to Atlanta. We could, you know. What do you think, Brian? I'm guessing. You know, Brad's absolutely right, and and we've talked about this. The uh, the key, really, guys, is the and Hannah is the the poll that was released last night. Missouri stays at number nine, so they're right in the driver's seat for a New Year six. There's going to be teams ahead of Missouri that potentially could lose on um, Saturday. I've already said publicly. I think Alabama will upset Georgia. I really do. I think you could see a couple of those teams ahead of them lose. Now, would Missouri move up significantly? Probably. It's hard to say. I think best case scenario and most likely scenario would be the Peach Bowl um, in Atlanta, um, what, what Brad just hinted at. But, you know, there's there's a lot of other possibilities. Uh, the orange, I mean, there, there there's there's a, the cotton would probably be the next one. But there's the Esta Bowl's been talked about. The Esta Bowl's been talked about, and you know, a lot of that will depend on what happens on Saturday. But Missouri, you know, uh, the magical season continues in in uh, this news that we just got yesterday that Cody Schrader is a finalist wow. for the Doak Walker Award. That is incredible. In the national media, I've already seen it. They're pushing this right now. It's going to be Ollie Gordon of Oklahoma State, who has just had an amazing career. Great. I mean, he'll be a star in the NFL, too. Talk uh, about Hampton from North Carolina uh, for the Doak Walker, too. He's phenomenal. Really, really good. But I'd put Cody Schrader right up with both of them. I mean, his story is incredible. And the fact he'll be on that stage with those other two guys, I mean, that just... Uh, in my lifetime, I've never, I, I not, I've not seen a Missouri running back uh, up for that. So that's just significant. A guy that was playing at Truman State as a walk-on just a couple of years ago. But I'm thinking Peach Bowl, but but we'll see um, what happens. Whatever it will be, will be a tough bowl, and uh, you know whoever they get is going to be tough. Yeah, we're going to play one of the elite teams in the United States. That's yes, all, that that is a guarantee. Yes. Wherever we go. It is going to be a challenge, and uh, I think our guys are up for it. You know, yeah. I mean, they've put everybody's put them down all year long. I'm sure they're not going to get any break <laughs> when they play the, when they play their bowl game. I mean, uh, I mean, they're going to love on them and everything, but I I'm afraid they're probably still going to be. Uh, 
the team the team that uh, you know maybe maybe they've got a chance maybe they don't but uh, I I love my Tigers you know I'm I'm an, I'm an alum and mm-hmm. uh, I'm giving them I'm giving the benefit of the doubt that Cody will run 350 yards and Cook will. Throw for another three hundred and we'll win sixty five to nothing. And give me Tony Galbraith flashbacks, oh, Brian. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's a very, very good name. And uh, in in there's been great players that have come through there uh, over the years as well. Larry Roundtree, uh, yeah. Roundtree. You know, uh, I'd give you a couple more quick names here. Um, and, and Brad, you're absolutely right. It'd be a tough, t- a tough team. It could even be a team like Tulane that would be the opponent be tough. But, you know, when Warren Powers, um, took over the team in 78, um, and by the way, I'm a huge Al on a Frio fan. I mean, people forget that he, all the giant killer teams that he, uh, that he took down before, before Powers. But when Warren took over, John will remember George Shorthose was just an amazing player at Jeff City, but Missouri had an assistant coach that I never thought got a lot of credit, and I always think of him at bowl time. John will remember him, Brad, I think he'll remember as well. His name is Mike Price. Sure. And he yeah. he actually he later was named the coach of Alabama, never actually coached a game, and I won't get into all the details. It really was a was a shame. But the guy was just an amazing um in People forget Wilder in in Bradley in the the talent. Um, in a lot of that, I have to give a lot of credit to Mike Price. But Wilder, I'm just going from memory. As great as he was, the Sykeston yeah. train played in the NFL. James Tampa. Wilder, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't remember him being on the stage for the Doak Walker Award. I, to the best of my knowledge, he wasn't. So it's, at least in my lifetime, <clears throat> I don't remember it. So How I about think he, gosh, we're thinking these now. We're now we're getting to a little <laughs> sidetrack. But Henry Josie, Henry yeah. Josie was awesome. I'll tell you who I enjoyed watching because he he was like a gazelle. He he first of all he took about five yards it seemed like with every stride and he made it look so easy and that was brad smith yes now, he wasn't a running back but he was a lot of the time uh and when he would just tuck it up and take off it was almost a guaranteed seven eight ten yards i mean yes. he was he was he was elegant in the way that he could run the ball and it was uh i, I just i was a huge brad smith fan i thought he was just one of one of the best i mean he had a great arm but man, he'd beat you with his feet like no nobody's business. Yes, he did, and I, he played in the league as I recall, maybe a defensive player. I'm going from memory on that on the Jets. I I, I remember, but no, he's spot on. Brad uh, took the job away, as I recall, from Kirk Farmer, um, who was a very very good quarterback for the Jays, and 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 did a fine job at Mizzou. He just didn't have all all the horses around him, but and players. But you know, Brad Smith was probably. The guy that really got it going. Everybody thinks of Chase Daniel when they think of the Pinkle era, but what I remember is the 2003 bowl game. I believe it was South Carolina. A crazy, crazy game all the way down to the wire, and and Mizzou was down significantly in that game. And Gary Pinkle, you know, needed that win. And uh, Brad Smith's the guy that got it done. It was an amazing comeback. But you're absolutely right. He could throw. He could run. Great team, um, some great history, and, and this, team, fun, this team also is going to have some history too. Fun to see where we end up. Bowl going bowling well, I'll, here. I'll pretty be quick. The, I'll be there Sunday after. Stay tuned. Yes. There Sunday afternoon, and it's going to be fun. And the games this weekend. I mean, the the Georgia Alabama game. I think is going to be a a blast. To a watch. barn burner. Yes, Just it. ahead, our daily DC rundown this morning on Wake Up Mid Missouri. Can you say? 
weaponized super COVID. Can you? (laughs) Who possibly could be behind that when we come back on Wake Up Mid-Missouri? This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Mid-Missouri's number one rated morning show. Uh, You might want to fact check that. Wake up mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 950 KWS. John Marsh along with NFIB Missouri chapters. Brad Jones this morning. Time for the daily D.C. rundown. Congress, Mr. Jones, feeling the heat from more than a dozen conservative groups calling for a National Defense Appropriation Act amendment. Basically, to go after the Chinese Communist Party and a linked biotech firm, Conservative groups sent out a letter to uh, lawmakers and petitioners saying that uh, the Chinese are wanting to scan your DNA. People all over the world, Americans, including pregnant women, and use it for research. Research. With the Chinese military. Hmm. Well... I, I don't I think we can see what's happened with research in China and it hasn't turned out very well. No, that's just what uh, we need because I was telling you that uh had family members say, Hey, we need to do the ancestry dot com and check our DNA and all that stuff and I said, You know who owns a lot of those firms and who's compiling that data? And said, No, I want to keep my my DNA, I don't know if it's a secret, but I keep talking. my DNA to myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good life lesson right there. Just keep your DNA keep to your yourself. Keep your DNA to yourself. That's right. In oh so many ways. Yeah. You know, I've always wondered how accurate those tests are anyways, because you basically spit in a tube and then mail it off and it comes back and tells you, tells you, you know, you're 2% African American, like do they really know that, or are they just blowing smoke up well, your ear? AI told you that. Chat GPT <laughs> told you you were African American and had a number of kids. That is true. Ago. That is true. <laughs> the things you learn. Sometimes you know if you don't want to know if you don't want to know the answer, don't ask the question. <laughs> you know, I think that would probably, with uh, Bill filing being Friday at the at the state house that would probably be words to live by for the upcoming 2024 session i i live by that mantra. what keep your dna to yourself keep your yeah, dna to yourself and if you don't want to know the answer don't ask the question is really not a and uh, remain oblivious to all that goes on around you that those are those are three three words to live by i think i think some more uh kind of a segue the missouri house speaker another another round of ethics uh investigation meeting and all that on the the aspersions that have been cast at him be interesting to see where that all goes well and that's behind closed doors so we won't know unless there's some kind of a i don't want to call it a verdict but it's some kind of a determination as to what uh what really happened there and i'm sure that the ethics commission has a lot more information than we do so we'll just have to wait and let them do their job and see what happens yeah it's it's one of those things you know in the, the court of public opinion as we've talked about before being guilty before being proven innocent right right and the caucus is going to have to decide then if i mean if there was impropriety there then the caucus is going to have to decide what they want to do and uh you know we'll eh, you know it's just another thing as we start this next session and uh you're like we don't have enough roadblocks with don't, election years we don't have enough enough non-love over there anyway uh you know 
then to then to add this, it's it's unfortunate. Well, it is one of those things, and uh, we have Senator Mike Burns get her in with us this morning. Wake up, Mid Missouri, uh, about seven ten this morning. As we said, lawmakers back at the Capitol in a little over a month, and. The question we're going to run by him is, can anything pass? The governor did not sound optimistic, did he? Well, the, the governor is, uh, is, in a, is in an interesting position. You know, if you look at a, at a tennis match, the governor is, the, is like the referee, the guy in the middle, you know, and he sees, he sees where things are going on both sides of the, of the Capitol. He's literally in the middle of the Capitol, so he sees what happens over on the House side and on the Senate side. And, uh, you know, he's got policy folks that uh, have their their hands on a lot of the almost all of the legislation as to how it's how it's going to affect the state as a whole, not just somebody's district or whatnot. But what's what's good for the for the state. So um, and Mike's been through, you know, let's face it. Governor Parsons has been through a lot of sessions. State uh, rep, senator and all that. State yeah. rep, senator, lieutenant governor. I mean, he's he's. He's seen it all. So if uh, that is his determination, then it's based on on history <laughs> and mine, too. I mean, I've been over there a while. So you've seen him on the floor. I, I have. I have shop local predictions. We'll see how shop uh, local Saturday went. Small business Saturday, that is. We'll come back on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri, featuring your mom. Wake Up Mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 950 KWS. I'm John Marsh, along with NFIB Missouri, the Missouri chapters. Brad Jones joining us this morning. Brad is going into the break we talked about. Small Business Saturday, which was uh, just this past weekend and all. Saturday. Funny how that works. <laughs> I want to thank all of them in Missouri for, came, for those that... Boy, it was busy, busy. Oh, my gosh, driving around. It was, uh, for Jeff City, it was almost a traffic jam. There was, there was, everybody was out, it seemed like, on Saturday. Oh, and I that, want, downtown, the district in Columbia was just yeah, hopping. I know it. I know it. And I want to thank everybody that came out on Small Business Saturday. But it's not just one day of the year, John. You know, every day is Small Business Day. so Especially for some people. Yeah. Well, it's an important time of the year for so many small businesses. Fourth I mean, quarter. Fourth quarter's it, man. You know, they uh, some of them rely 40 50% of their, their yearly revenue on uh, the fourth quarter. And so... No I, small secret in this business. Either. We rely on right. our advertisers for, for us to have a big fourth quarter. Sure, absolutely. When they do, hopefully we do. Yeah. On a non-election year, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. and you know, not to not to brag, gentlemen, but I actually shopped Small Business Saturday one day early uh, because there were a ton of local businesses doing Black Friday specials, and so I actually was traveling, so I got to hit up Centralia, Columbia, and Jeff City, wow. and I made a point to shop at small businesses along the way. So, got some good deals. 
That is why you are a great American. You know what? Thank you. It's about time someone noticed. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's the matter with you guys? You're going right? to get the NFIB Anna, t-shirt out of yeah, this one. I've, I've got a hat for you. That's Sweet. Right. It was a good day, though. I mean, we were out running around, and, and I... I agree with Hannah. There was some, there was deals to be had this weekend for sure. The retailers, retailers, I think, got pretty aggressive in uh, in some of their pricing, and uh, there was some, there was some pretty good stuff out there. I talked to a friend yesterday, and it was funny. He said, "Hey, did you do the small business Saturday thing?" He said, "Well." Yes, but. And I was like, well, either you did or you didn't. He goes, no, we uh, shopped at a couple of the local small businesses online. Well, that you I can do that. I'm going, yeah, it's you know not what? just Amazon. Yeah, you can do that, too. You can do that, too. And I, I think, you know, online sales for small business, I mean, it was really kind of one of those things that a lot of small business, whether they wanted to do it or not, they really kind of felt like they, they had to. And, it, and it's been good, I think, for a lot of them. You know, the it's... uh it's a technological challenge, I think, for an older generation who wanted to to, to sell things online. But um, most of them have figured it out, and you can go to almost most of your small businesses have a website, or, or you know, even you can you can order it and then go pick it up there too. So. Well, stop and think about you know, and and this is still part of small business, the micro business thing, where a lot of those companies are local small businesses one or two people sometimes and they do a lot of what they do online oh absolutely absolutely you know and uh, you know the stats we've got from uh, employment security is we've got almost almost uh, 50 percent of the total number of businesses in the whole state have less than five and five employees so i mean that's about about 135,000, i guess that uh are uh paying their quarterlies or their monthly taxes to employment security. So we asked them and they put a they put a chart together for us, which I really do appreciate. I mean it is very telling. People ask me all the time, what's a small business? Yeah. Well let me tell you, you know you got about seventy eight percent of the total number of businesses have less than ten employees. That's what a small business is. That's that's how important it is to the to the Missouri economy. So I, I think it's interesting because for a lot of us, the perception is maybe a company like Zimmer Communications, where we're up in the, you know, into the 60, 70, 80 employees, you know, yeah, give, give and take, that, depending I on their... that medium, a yeah. medium-sized company, yeah. But, you know, the the definition of small business for the SBA for years, and I don't know, I don't think they've changed it, is 500 employees or yeah. less. I'm like... <laughs> Are you Our kidding? biggest businesses in the area. Are I mean, you kidding me? <laughs> equipment share and Veterans yeah. United and oh, yeah. Scholastic and those kinds of places. Well, when you can tick off all of them that uh, have more than five hundred, and you can almost name them, then you, you you might be setting the bar a little bit high on that number. So, but uh, one time we had some interns, I guess, in in Washington that. Uh, looked at the definitions of small business and the regulations and stuff, and they found 1,100 different <laughs> definitions of number of what, what a small business is. So, I mean, it's it, it depends on the regulations. The, and the definition the is in the eye of the beholder, is it what it sounds is. like. You know what my favorite definition is? Definition of small business is when the owner knows the name of the kids of his employees. 
There you go. Isn't that good? That's that's a small business in a nutshell. You talked about regulation, and Brad Jones is with us from the National Federation of Independent Business, the Missouri chapter. And Mark Ellinger was on with us here a while back, uh, Stephanie Bell's law partner, former Cole County uh, presiding commissioner, and he brought up the angle of onerous regulations and fun stuff the feds are looking at for businesses and unfortunately that's right in your wheelhouse this is one of my this is one of my uh, least favorite regs that have come out and believe me there's a bunch of them but there's there's one that is that is from the corporate transparency act the cta and here's the goal the goal is to target shell companies that that are used for illicit financial transactions so bad actors money launderers money launderers well here's what we're going to do john instead of going after just those specifically we're going to target every small business that have 20 or fewer employees to fill out all of this new paperwork that they've got to send in to the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, also known as FinCEN. We're talking 32 million forms that are going to be sent in to this group, who they say uh, can handle it. Well, no, no, they can't. They really can't do it. And I think, again, this is one of the biggest overreaches. This is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, we talk about regulation. We talk about red tape. But for small businesses, it's really death by a thousand cuts. It's like, what's the next one? But this one is one of the most stupid ones that I think they've come up with for a while. Well, that's it. And you've talked to us so many times in the past about the challenges that small businesses have, especially, you know, Missouri, mid-Missouri small businesses, where you're talking about an owner who's at, at at his business 14 16 hours a day and then he's got one more level of paperwork to fill out for the feds and it's like well i'll send that off to my vice president of accounting who happens to be mrs small business owner yeah absolutely i mean do you really think that this agency's going to do a deep dive on 32 million pieces of paper that are going to be coming into their their agency i'm gonna guess no I am guessing no. <laughs> I think we Hannah, need to if, hire more IRS staffers. Probably. Uh, yeah, don't get me going on that. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, there's another great idea. But anyway, this is one that uh, for you small business folks out there, you need to contact your members of Congress. It there's a three step process in this rulemaking, and they've already passed the first step of it. And so it's you know we can at least get it delayed for an, at least a year. Or so. We can talk a little bit uh, about what the real logistics are. We also did an NFIB study, and we we asked our members. Ninety percent of them had never heard of it, had no idea what what this reporting requirement will uh, entail. So, uh, you know, <laughs> what are we supposed to do when you've got uh, you've got paperwork that you're supposed to get in? Oh, there's fines and stuff for this too. I mean, oh, sure. You know they've got a they've got uh, civil and criminal penalties up to ten thousand dollars and two years in jail time for failing to comply with this thing. Uh, so it's it's serious, and if uh, you all are interested, uh, you can go to the nfib dot com website and learn more about it and uh, get a note to uh, get a note out to Blaine or whoever your member of Congress might be. I know when you've talked to us about the uh, the survey that you do on a regular basis with your members and all, 
historically, I mean, you know, you have the big overviews about the stagnant economy and inflation and over that. But I know year after year, month after month, regulation and paperwork and all ranks traditionally right up there in the top few, doesn't it? It's always in the big one. Every four years, we do one called the Problem Problems and Priorities Survey. And it's we only do it every four years because it's such a big, huge job. And it lists uh, probably 50 problems, 50 issues of small business. And it's kind of interesting to see what's in the top 10. But <laughs> state and federal regulations are always in the in the top 10. Uh, and, you know, frankly, healthcare has been number one for the about since I've been state director, which has been a pretty long time. But I think right now, if you probably ask the question, you know, inflation is going to be way up there, too. It's kind of interesting to see what issues move around in, your, yeah. in the top five. Kind because, of cyclic. Yeah, because, you know, in some in some four years, you know, energy costs haven't been a big deal. In some, it's been a really big deal. And so and then the pandemic and all the artificiality that that threw into the mix, if that's a word. Yeah, well, and, you you know, workers comp rates go up and down. And so when you filled that out, you're like, oh, my God, my, my workers comp went up 20 percent last year. Minimum I'm, wage. I'm putting it way up there. Yeah, minimum wage just went up. I'm putting that higher. So um, I'm workforce not sure. development, I'm not, as they like to workforce, say, workforce development. Um, so I'm not really sure when the when the next one of those come out, but I really, really enjoy coming on and and talking a little bit about the the top ten and how it changed from the the last four years when we when we've done it. So NFIB Missouri's chapters, Brad Jones joins us this morning. Eight seven four ninety three ninety calls or texts for our guests this morning on Wake Up Mid Missouri. AOC back in the news and said, too bad for you, little guy. Wake up, Mid-Missouri. We'll be back. This is Wake Up, Mid-Missouri. Miss some of the show? Check out our podcast at 939theeagle.com. Wake up mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 950 KWS, John Marsh, NFIB, Missouri Chapters, Brad Jones in with us, as is producer Hannah. Hello. How are we this fine morning? <sighs> Got a little bit of the crud that uh, everybody seems to get this time of year, but I'm doing all right. I haven't fallen asleep at the board yet. I was say occupational hazard in this business with everybody sharing our so-sanitary microphone windscreens. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's fine we're fine we're doing great here we are it's That's not even a right. feel good friday yet it's, it's a, a it's a wannabe wednesday one i was trying to think of something clever for wednesday it wasn't coming yeah wacky wednesday wacky, wacky wednesday, wacky wednesday. And we, have, we have the wackiest guest we could find in the studio to celebrate so here we do who's that <laughs> <laughs> Guilty as charged. Hey, maybe we'll do a, how about our daily DC rundown 2.0? New York Post ripping Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York after she complained that, quote, New York City was too expensive for working class people. And the editorial board of the New York Post said, for once AOC is right, they can't <laughs> afford to live here. 
any more, they said, of the working class Gothamites. The thing is, it's a policy she and her progressive allies want more of that have made the Big Apple so expensive. Wow. Well, you know what, Hannah? Here's what I think is going to happen. This is, this is a great revelation. I think she's turned the corner. I think you that think she so? Will, you really well, think so? Here's what's going to happen. I think she's going to propose a major tax cut for small businesses and the okay. folks of New York. I think she will be at the tip of the spear for all tax relief for the for the entire state of New York. This is this is a wake up call to her. Have you and been drinking this morning? <laughs> I'm being, this is called irony. Ah. I'm trying to be ironic. <laughs> in her honor, a little Kahlua in the coffee this morning. Yeah, I think to to be accurate about this, uh, she represents part of the Bronx, part of Queens, and she's, you know, a Democrat socialist. You can call her whatever you want. She's yeah. a socialist. Yeah. Did you happen to see uh, how the vice president kind of stirred some stuff up over the holiday? I did not. She had posted a really sweet picture of, you know, her and her husband cuddling in the kitchen, kind of. And it was just a happy Thanksgiving type of tweet, right? Uh, They're in the kitchen, and in the back you can see very clearly a gas stovetop, which... Oh, uh I know. No. Which, of course, they (laughs) have made comments about shutting those down for environmental concerns. So... That was retweeted a couple times, pointing that out, saying, you know, it's a little hypocritical there, Miss Vice President. Maybe she should move to New York City if she has enough money. Yeah, that's right. Well, it is expensive. My brother lives in New York, and I can tell you it's not a cheap place to, but a lot of it is, you know, their own doing. I mean, and and plus you're cramming a few million people into a rather small space. And well, it's- now is Fox News reporting this morning the ongoing thing with other states, Texas not the least of them, Oklahoma and all, coming up with the uh, the bucks out of the coffers to ship the homeless folks to NYC. Well, and yeah, because they can definitely afford to live there. Yeah, that. The, the, I was being ironic, but in my irony, uh, there is some truth. And, oh, you know, boy. it's it's the folks that they, they – it's always kind of interesting to me, Hannah, when it's the people that go to the top of the mountain and scream intolerance the loudest that seem to actually be the most intolerant people on the planet. And yep. when and, – and when you have a situation like this, you know, I, I I remember back in the day when Key West, when the Cubans were coming over, and basically the folks in Key West... The Marionitos. Yeah, they had buses lined up there and sent them up to, uh, to Miami, and this was, you know, 70 years ago. Um, till the, till everybody in Miami complained, then they ended up on, uh, Air Force bases. Yeah, they did. And, and it's kind of a little microcosm of what happened then is what's going on now. I mean, some of these places are hollering and screaming about, about immigration. We need to stop the immigration before it starts. That's, there's the issue right there. I mean, it's, it's at the border. So I, I don't know. It's, uh, these these communities that don't then all of a sudden can't afford it and don't want them well where were you back when they were trying to vote to keep the wall going yeah exactly so i uh, it's the hypocrisy is is 
multifaceted, I would say. Multifaceted. So, multifaceted. Brad Jones with us this morning. Wake up mid-Missouri. I'm John Marsh. Senator Mike Burns-Ketter in with us momentarily. Lawmakers back a little over a month. Can anything pass at the state house? We'll weigh in with the senator when Wake Up Mid-Missouri continues. <laughs> 